Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish podcast. Today, I am joined once again with Candace. Hi. So, anyways, we're back into the book. Um, not much time has passed since when Dana was there last. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like a matter of hours, maybe days have passed. Yeah. Um, but she uh, meets Rufus. Rufus is looking rough, but he doesn't look in like visible harm. So she's like, "What?" is happening right now and he basically just like throws her in the barn yep like just shoves her in there and she looks up and alice is hanging yep so i guess it must have been days actually but um i think it ends up being like like a like a like a couple of i think i think it's like three weeks or something like that yeah it's not like a super long time but it's also not like a day or something like that yeah Mm-hmm. I knew it was uh, very long. I guess I just shrunk that down a lot. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so she sees this and she's like, um, like the weirdest thing to me is that while she was torn up, it didn't seem like she was really surprised. No. Like that's the scariest part. Yeah. Yeah. She's not surprised mm-hmm. at all. If she's surprised, it's the way that she's dressed because she looks like she dressed up yeah and like when i read that my heart broke man i know she dressed up like she wears red Mm -hmm. with the white apron um over top and like she's wearing like her finest shoes and i feel like that's her sending a message like we know that alice is born free we know that alice is more intellectual because she was born free she's you know she has been you know educated by dana um Mm -hmm. and to me that symbolism is just like so Like, it's subtle, but it's so loud. You know what I mean? She's wearing the shoes that he bought her that are fine shoes, the Mm -hmm. finest, right, shoes that are made just for her. She's wearing a blood red dress, this beautiful red gown, right, Mm -hmm. that she's dressed to the nines. But she's also wearing her apron. Like, she's wearing the finery Mm -hmm. that he purchased for her, as well as the raiments that she has to wear because she's a slave. Yep. And then she kills herself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that red is like... All, all, all I could think was Alice is saying, no matter what you shower me with, mm-hmm. it will never take place. It'll never bring back the freedom that I lost. Yeah. It'll never bring back like the fact that like my, you know, that, that, that my life has ended, mm-hmm. that you have ended my life. Right. And the red to me symbolizes both like the blood on Rufus's hands mm-hmm. as well as the passion that she has in her heart. And that's like her final, that's like her final, for lack of a better word, that's her final fuck you. Yep. That's her final fuck you. And he doesn't even have the courage to cut her down. I know. And it's like, (sighs) there's just so much, so much that happens right now. And I just, I was so upset reading this because it's like, the thing too is that Alice is basically her best friend. Like she doesn't have any modern friends. No. You know, and it's wild to me that like she's made better friends with these people in this time period that she's only been around for like a year. Yeah. Instead of she's lived her whole life, like 20 years in the seventies. Well, not all in the seventies, but mm-hmm. you know, and she has not made any real lasting connections. Yeah. Like, and there's a part of me too, that wonders how much Kevin colors that because of the fact that like, I can almost guarantee that most of the people they hang around are probably going to be white because they're Kevin's yeah. friends. 
Absolutely. And it's like there's no there's no mention of anybody close to her other than Julie and then mm-hmm. like her aunt and uncle somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think I think too like, you know, there's there's also this like this real sense of like care and camaraderie mm-hmm. that she gets from these women too. It's not even like it's just a simple friendship. Like mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes it like even worse that like Kevin doesn't know Carrie because Carrie goes on you know, the, the, the defensive for her, like Carrie goes to bat for that one lady that like was trying to mess with Dana, you know what yeah. I mean? Like her and Alice and Sarah and Carrie, like they take that lady down. You know what I mean? <laughs> they beat her ass mm-hmm. because she came at Dana away. You know what I mean? Like that's family, that that's more than even just a friendship, right? Mm-hmm. Those are her people. And, you know, I think with Alice, like, I think the thing that's the most tragic about her is that before she at least had like her mom and a cabin and a Mm -hmm. husband and whatever, right? She had a life, but being a slave on Rufus's plantation, but also his mistress, right? Also in some semblance of a way, his wife, Mm -hmm. right? Like that alienates her from anybody that she could have had any kind of closeness or bond or relationship with. And it makes her so surly that she can't even like try to construct those separately of who she is on the plantation right mm-hmm. so like he he's like not just claiming her mind and her body for his own but also her soul because he taints her in the yeah. eyes of these other slaves you know what i mean so like he robs her of like literally everything mm-hmm. and then like dana's running around like looking everywhere where are her children yep so basically he told her he sold the kids to punish her because she ran away um and tried to get them free because she knew he was never going to free these kids. Yep. Um, and she was caught. So Rufus sold their kids, quote unquote. Yep. Apparently he just gave them to his aunt. And like, I, I don't know how he thought this was going to end. I would love to know how he thought this was going to end. Yeah. I, I think he thought, that it's tit for tat, right? This is the way he behaves with Dana. Yeah. He's always been an or else mm-hmm. person, even when he was a kid. It's always been about or else. Do this or you better. Yeah. Like he's he's a listen to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly who he is with Margaret Whalen, that gi- giant big baby we talked about. Mm-hmm. That's exactly who he is as a man. Like he never grows out of yeah. that. He never gets past that. He always remains this like one track you know, r- like ride or die is what he expects from every single person, mm-hmm. whether they are a slave or his family, his mother, his father, like whatever. I think Tom is the only person he doesn't expect that from. And that's because he inspe- he expects indifference from his mm-hmm. father. But like he he very much, I think, thought that she was go- he was going to say jump and she was going to say how high. And that's what I'm saying. Like he wanted to make her sad. He wanted to make her desperate. Yeah. And she dresses up in her red dress and is like, fuck you. Yeah, my kids were the last reason for me to be anywhere near you. Mm-hmm. I've asked you several times to free them. You have refused. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, like we're good. It's over. Don't worry about me. I'm gone. I'm going to be with my babies. Yep. Like and 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 something that like really struck me too. I think after I had read it and I kind of like went back and reread these pages, like what must it be like for Dana? Mm-hmm. to like be in this barn she's like why am i in this barn and she turns around and sees her own dead face yeah because her and alice look like twins yeah so she turns around and sees her dead face staring back at her mm-hmm. like that's like 
that's psychological trauma on a whole other level. I know. You know what I mean? Not only is it someone you care for, but it looks like you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like that's, and he's not even sorry. And like, even then, right. Something else that I really like too, is the perspective that we get from Dana and like the change of perspective, Mm -hmm. because Dana is still a product of 1976, right? There's a lot that she is instructed to, Mm -hmm. or kind of feel she has to look away from because there's bigger fish to fry, right? If I got like out of sorts, every time somebody didn't realize that me and my white partner were together at Mm -hmm. like a target, I would be angry all of the time, Mm -hmm. right? I can't do that to myself. So when someone is like, excuse me, sir, I'll take you over here, ma'am, you need to wait. And he's like, that's my partner. We're both getting rung up thanks i think i know you think you're doing me a favor and you're saying fuck you to her by making her wait but i'm the one who's paying for these groceries so thanks. yeah you know what i mean like that that sweetness that you can mm-hmm. sometimes distill from these moments right like i can't get mad about all of that and dana is like that right dana's like yo i can't get mad at like every microaggression i can't get mad at like every you know dis- every 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 bit of injustice that i experience that i face so she goes into it like oh you know sarah hey sarah uh, alice is dead Oh, so he finally killed her. Like Sarah knows what's up. Yep. Sarah knows what's up because like, again, like once again, showing the, the, the humanity present in the enslaved people that is mm-hmm. absolutely missing and devoid in the white owners and mm-hmm. the white people in general in this novel, really. Mm-hmm. Um, which honestly has mirrored much of my experiences, not all of my experiences. I, you know, have a, a white dad, for example, who's mm-hmm. obviously not like that, a partner, tons of friends, right? Like there is, there's certainly, I'm not saying in a blanket terms, right? Yeah. But in the encounters that I have had, more white people have been meh, whatever about my experiences than have been like, how can we fix it? Let's do something to change it. How yeah. can I assist? How can I be an ally? Whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think for, for, for Dana, like she's in this moment where she's looking at, she's looking at Sarah and she's like, she did this to herself. She climbed up there. She put the noose around her neck and she killed herself. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's logical. Sure. She did this to herself. But is that really what fucking happened? No. Someone sold her babies. Yeah. He knew what that was going to do. He knew there was a risk. Yeah. And that every time like Dana says something like, oh, you need to, you owe her this much to at least raise your kids free. He's like, stop saying I killed her. Like yeah. you did. But he but he knows. He knows he killed her, yeah. right? Because this is again, this is one of those moments that I was like, I need to rewind, mm-hmm. right? So Sarah is like, no, no, he killed her. Trust me, mm-hmm. right? So I go back to the previous page, mm-hmm. put a little note for myself, right? When Rufus comes back to the barn, right? Before she goes to see Sarah, Rufus comes back to the barn, right? She has cut Alice down. Mm-hmm. She looks up at Rufus and says, Did she do this to herself? Yeah. And what does he say? Yes, period. To herself, period. Why do you need to herself if mm-hmm. she really did it to herself? He says, yep, that's right. She did it to herself. This dude already feels guilty. Yep. He knows it is his fault or he wouldn't be going, oh, yeah, yeah, to herself. Sure. Yep. Yes. I was not responsible. Like, I literally. Like, who does that? Who says, no, I did not murder that man on Tuesday. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you mean on Tuesday? what does that mean you know what i mean like that's exactly what he's saying Mm -hmm. this conditional response yes she did do that to herself she did put the noose around her neck Mm -hmm. i am the reason she did it but it's not my fault yeah totally i did not pull the last trigger so no no nope nope and and that's what i'm saying too like he again like he doesn't learn from his mistakes Mm -hmm. it's pretty clear she's gonna run away yeah. When 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 Dana leaves, right, the previous time before cutting her wrist, she's like, she has to weigh that. 
choice mm-hmm. when she makes that decision to go back to her time. Mm-hmm. She's like, there is a chance that Alice is going to run away, but yeah. I don't think me staying is going to stop her. Yeah. Which is why she goes back in time. Yeah. Right. It's why she's like, I mean, I'm just going to go. Cause there's nothing she can do. That yeah. lady was always going to run. She just was. Mm-hmm. And instead of Rufus going, what could I do to keep her? Right. I could free these kids. Mm-hmm. Even if I didn't free her, she would at least stay with me. Mm-hmm. I'd have at least 18 years with her while she raised these children. And then maybe she'll run off. Maybe then she'll kill herself, whatever. Because yeah. if she runs away, now her kid's freedom is on the line, right? Mm-hmm. He's not thinking steps ahead. He's only thinking about what is going to benefit him in that moment and get her to do what he wants her to do. Mm-hmm. And he goes too far because he's an idiot. And she kills herself. Yep. And like, to me, that's just her being like, I'm taking my name out of the hat. Yep. Like, I'm taking my card off the table. Like, I'm no longer playing the game. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Like, it's just, it's so chilling to me how he kind of just, like, wants to walk away. Like, he he has the nerve to be both sad and completely unaccountable. Yep. <laughs> like. And he's just angry. Yep. Yep. But he's mad at himself. And I mean, that's the symptom here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's always mad at himself. Like, he's always mad at himself. Like, how did all of this kick off? She finds him fucking you know struggling for his life because he you know put his hands on alice and alice's husband went after him Mm -hmm. like that's how this starts right with 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 alice and rufus like he could have been nice he could have tried to woo her from a young age Mm -hmm. but he's always felt entitled to her so he just took what he wanted and then made it so that like her situation got that much worse because she had to depend on him yeah like in what universe would she have not recognized that's what's happening to her she sees it Mm -hmm. she sees it happening She's even the first person to ask, am I a slave? Did that happen to me? Mm-hmm. Why would she ask that? She Literally. Knows. She's not stupid. I know. So like, it's just crazy how he like is just so obsessed with controlling everyone around him when he can barely control himself. Yeah. Like. Ooh. I know. I just, this. <laughs> oh my God. I was so mad the whole time we were reading it. I like that they at least like so when they have like the funeral and everything mm-hmm. like like it's it's supposed to mean something that he like gets like a preacher like a freed a freed man as a preacher mm-hmm. it's supposed to mean something that like he gets her a fancy you know coffin uh, coffin or whatever right but like again that's just another example that he's not like learning anything because she yeah. put on her finery just to die yeah like she doesn't care like this isn't gonna make you look better this isn't mm-hmm. gonna help anybody like all of this is just show for him yep. It's just like a memorial for him. It's yep. no one else. Like nobody, like Sarah's doesn't like anybody that was actually close to Alice and like had like was her friend. I don't feel like really benefited from this funeral. Like the funeral yep. is not really for the person that died. It's all for the living. And Absolutely. the only person this is for was for Rufus. Yes. Yes. And then like even the whispers, right? So you have other enslaved people that are mm-hmm. whispering within earshot she's going to hell i mean you when you kill yourself you go to hell right yeah so i know we've kind of broached this before in like previous chapters but like to me this was like the moment so you have this freed man Mm -hmm. who is a preacher and he's talking about you know allowing her to go into the afterlife right Mm -hmm. and clearly this man has a different understanding of faith because a lot of times like in the, I know in the Catholic Church, if you commit suicide, priests sometimes won't even do your last rites, mm-hmm. right? They won't 
they won't even go because like you forfeit essentially right you can't pass on into into heaven now you've taken a life you've taken your own life whatever there's rules Mm -hmm. so these people are saying oh you can't kill yourself these other slaves are saying you can't kill yourself you go to hell and like to me that was some that was some heavy shit because like that is the pinnacle of how religion Mm -hmm. and christianity were used to keep people enslaved. Mm-hmm. People these days want to know, why did these slaves stay this way? Mm-hmm. If it were me, I would kill myself before I'd be a slave. I'd run away and maybe something bad would happen, but that would be fine because it would be better than being enslaved. But you, people these days saying that, like you would have the wherewithal and the knowledge to do that. When mm-hmm. you are born and raised in slavery and you've been hearing your entire life that people who kill themselves because the kingdom of God is only for those who suffer a little bit. Yeah. That's part of the human experience. It's part of being, you know, having faith and believing and having hope. Like you got to be selfless. You got to be blind. True faith is, 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 Mm -hmm. is belief in the unknown. You don't know if salvation is coming tomorrow, if it's coming in a hundred years, man. So think about these slaves, right? It's 19, what? 2025, I think. Something like that. 26 or whatever. Right. So it's, it's the 19, the the 18, 1820s or 1830s. Mm -hmm. We're 40 years away from the Emancipation Proclamation. Mm -hmm. And there are people on this plantation that are going, I get beat to death almost once a month. Mm -hmm. I heal just enough to get back out there. And then I get beat again Mm -hmm. in front of my children. Two of them have already been sold. I pretty much have nothing to live for. But I've been indoctrinated to this Christian religion that tells me I need to keep working because my great reward is waiting for me. And the more you suffer, the bigger your reward is going to be at the end. So why would you want to kill yourself? You kill yourself, you forfeit your great reward. You're not going to heaven. No, if you kill yourself, your master makes less money and then Mm -hmm. he's poor and he doesn't want that. So how do you keep your slaves working? How do you keep this workforce going where you don't have to pay them? How do you keep them believing in like the bullshit? You introduce a benevolent and ever-loving God that freed Jewish people mm-hmm. in his Bible. He freed all kinds of people from the terror and the, the discrimination they face. And I believe all that's true. Like, we know that the Israelites were, were, were slaves, right? Were enslaved. We know mm-hmm. that Egyptians also enslaved their own people. Like, we know there's a history, right? Mm-hmm. We know that that's real. But when you are a Black person and you are so, two generations removed from your homelands, mm-hmm. And you've never met your mom because you were sold as a baby into this new place and no one taught you anything. And you basically ha- just have what you've been able to pick up or- from around you. Mm-hmm. And someone tells you there's a chance you can get out of here one day. There's a song we shall overcome. There are these Negro spirituals. You got to sing. You got to lift up your voice to the, to the heavens so that someone hears you. Mm-hmm. And when you die, it's going to be okay because you suffered a lot and the Lord is going to like lay your body to rest. And it's going to be this final beautiful moment for you. Like how else, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you're using God and Jesus Mm -hmm. to keep people under your thumb. Like that is the most nefarious shit I have ever heard in my life. Yeah. This is why we need to talk about slavery. It's not about, Oh, let's talk about, you know, how hard it was and it was sad. No, it's a big bummer fest. Sure. It's a big bummer fest, Mm -hmm. but like, it's really important to recognize that there was an entire system that was working against an entire body of people. Mm -hmm. It was a slow genocide. You know, something that she says in this book, I think we talked about it briefly, too, is like Hitler and and the Germans during Nazi Germany, they were trying to do in a few years what slavery had done in like 400. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With multiple generations of people instead of just one. Yeah. And 
Jewish people still feel the aftershocks of that today. Mm -hmm. There are still like people going to fucking, you know, memorials and seeing their grandpa's name on something, you Mm -hmm. know, seeing a painting that should belong to their family in the Louvre or whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's still happening today. So the idea that something that was 400 years of racism and slavery is not something that we feel every day. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Guess what we are though. Yeah. And this is exactly how they exercise that control. Like you're at a funeral for a woman. And that's what I'm saying about the preacher too. The preacher is a freedman. Is he not there? Is he like, no, I'm not going to, this woman killed herself. I'm not going to bless her so that she can move on into heaven. No, because I'm sure that freedman recognizes there was a reason yeah. that she took her life. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Hundreds of thousands of black people died in the transatlantic, right? So many of them died in oceans and seas mm-hmm. en route from Africa to wherever it is that they were being transported. Whole ships throwing babies mm-hmm. into the water so that they will never have to grow up in this nightmare. Mm-hmm. Mothers s- strangling their children and then offing themselves, eating things they knew were poisonous so that they wouldn't have to take another step. So they wouldn't have to be parted from their child so that their child wouldn't have something horrible happen to them. Mm-hmm. Like there are some slave narratives accounts where like a baby was thrown to some rabid dogs. I mean, like just atrocity yeah. after atrocity after atrocity. And these people still manage to rise up in 250 years and have mm-hmm. a black president. And we still want to like have anti-voting rights act. Yeah. We still want to make it really difficult for black people to vote. We want to make it really hard to have another black president. Mm-hmm. We want to, you know, make it really easy for private prisons to flourish so that if I'm walking down the street with a joint in my pocket, I can go to jail for 10 years. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Martha Stewart's in jail for five minutes for insider trading, which is defrauding people on a maximum level. Right. You know, what's really like, bothering me recently. <laughs> Whereas I've been seeing a lot of like white parents like mm-hmm. jokingly being like, oh, I'm a weed mom or whatever. Yep. And it's been really yeah. upsetting me recently. Oh, yeah. Because it's Big like, time. you know, you can only see white people post that. Yeah. Well, if I post, listen, like I have a prescription. Mm-hmm. Like I have a prescription for CBD and THC products. Mm-hmm. I had to go to a doctor. I had to pay a ton of money. Because I have a chronic illness Mm -hmm. that right now there's very few treatments for, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was a decision that I made because I wanted the protection Mm -hmm. that if God forbid somebody ever like busted into my house. Yeah. Because they can do that. Like, for example, the other day on Twitch, I got doxxed, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody had decided to call the police, right? Mm -hmm. And and do a fake SWAT raid on my house or something like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That would have resulted in somebody, you know, finding CBD products and and other items in my home, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm not ashamed of that. Like, it's not something that I am reckless with. It's something I'm extremely responsible about. Mm -hmm. It's something that I need in order to manage a very serious condition, you know? But at the same time, do I feel safe? Do I feel like it's just easy, like a lark? No. You know what I mean? I don't feel – I feel safe having a license Mm -hmm. and being on file and being registered, but – I shouldn't have to go through that just to feel like a modicum of safety for something I'm using for a medical reason. It's not yeah. like I'm out there like, you know, hey guys, like big Rasta energy or something like that where like, you know, you know, it's it's something that is I mean, even Rasta people, I don't think that they should be judged. That's a part of their religion. It's a part of yeah. what they believe. It's a part of their celebration of life, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like I think that there's a lack of stigma when white people talk about weed than there is when black people talk about mm-hmm. weed, right? Um, if I tell somebody, oh yeah, you know, I came home the other day, I had a lot of anxiety and I had really horrible endometriosis pain. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I might need surgery soon. 
I, you know, I, I use a little bit of THC. Whoa. Yeah. Stoner. <laughs> I mean, I like all of a sudden you're like lazy and you eat too many snacks and you do nothing. And I'm just like, how did we get here? Right. But like weed mom, nobody's like, oh, let me take her fucking kids from her. I know. And it's nobody's like, call the police. I was seeing her like this lady post and she's like, yeah, I had to smoke a blunt to like deal with my kids today. And I was like, and it's wow. fine that you can post that because you're wow. white and no one's going to be like, and then all the comments for other white women be like, I totally understand. I have to do the same yeah. thing. And I'm like, yeah, but George Floyd gets, gets murdered in cold blood. And people are like, well, what drugs was he on? Was he smoking that reefer? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> so, so uh, a white mom can get shot because she smoked a blunt to deal with her children. Is she going to get shot? Yeah. No. Right. Literally. She's, she's harmless. She's fine. <laughs> it's just like, it keeps popping up for some reason on, like, I feel like Instagram Reels is doing a lot of the same thing that Facebook does, where it shows me yeah. things that actually actively upset me yeah. to, like, see my reaction to it. So I've been getting yeah. a couple, they, like, pop up a couple times, and I've just been getting progressively angrier. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's, and that's the thing, right? Like, that's, that to me is how, like, racism happens on a small scale, too, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, somebody tells that woman who like thinks it's fine to like smoke weed to deal with her children and like whatever like I'm not in her house I don't know yeah. her business like do you man if that's what you feel like is fine and comfortable and safe for you okay like I would never ever ever like I don't like even like doing that in front of people that I know sometimes yeah <laughs> so like it depends on like how you roll um but like you have somebody like that right that that's like my life is hard mm-hmm. so I smoked some weed to better cope with my life and my existence yeah and then someone goes, okay, well, this other mom is in jail. Literally. Because somebody found out that she was smoking weed while dealing with her kids or she mm-hmm. was selling weed to support her family. And she's in jail now for 15 years. Yeah. People are getting six months for entering our capital and rioting inside and tearing down American flags and assaulting police officers. They're getting six months for that. Mm-hmm. But a black woman with three kids who works two jobs to take care of them has a joint in her purse and she goes to jail and has her children taken from her and put in the system. So it's like, you know, when you tell that person, you tell like, you know, weed, white weed mom, Hey, white weed mom. Um, there, this is crazy. Look at this other woman. How dare you assume, you know, my life. It's not, Oh, I'm going to work to change that. Mm -hmm. Every mom should be able to do this. Yeah. Regardless of what they look like, I will be an activist and said, it's, well yeah you don't know anything about me maybe she did some other stuff that was wrong and maybe she had a dui and maybe she you know i'm Mm -hmm. saying it's not there's no there's no understanding there instead it's a comparison of what your life is like with this other woman but there is no comparison and it's like or else you too would be in jail the thing that bothers me too is that you are so comfortable that you can make your entire platform about how you smoke weed yep you know and it's yep you can do that because you're white but if a black creator or a person of color made that their profile the amount of backlash they would get and comments like it just actively upsets me like that's what i'm saying like i i that 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 lack of equity right mm -hmm. that that inequity there is something that stems from all of this that we're reading about in the book right so like even though like the name of it right the brand name has changed Mm -hmm maybe the qualifications have changed. Like nobody was going like, I'm a white woman who smokes weed openly in like 1976, let alone the 1800s. Right. Mm -hmm. That just wasn't the thing. Um, But like the privilege that, that, that people experienced at that time compared to their black and Brown counterparts, Margaret Whalen going, Oh, sometimes I close my eyes. I forget she's black. It's because they are so steeped in stereotype 
And that's something that I still deal with. Mm -hmm. When I tell someone I don't listen to hip hop exclusively, they're like, I don't understand. Isn't that your culture? Yeah. Like that's basically the same ignorance. That's, you know, Candace, if I close my eyes, it's like, you're not even black. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of thing is that to say or to even think about someone? And instead of questioning that and going, hmm, maybe I need to take a closer look at my internalized racism. I mean, even for me, I have moments. I'm a black person. I have moments where I'm like, that's internalized racism. I read a letter that I wrote to my future self the other day about college and I had never smoked weed yet. I was, I I didn't smoke weed for the first time, I think until, I mean, I had tried a little bit like my senior year Mm -hmm. and my junior year and stuff, but I didn't actually like realize that this could help my medical condition until Mm -hmm. far later in my life. Right. Um, So I remember just being like, I don't know why people like this. This isn't for me. It smells really bad and it tastes disgusting. No, thank you very much. Yeah. Move on. Right. Um, But I remember like people being surprised by that. They expected that I would be the weed expert because I'm black and they've listened to a lot of hip hop and they've watched a lot of like Friday movies and therefore I should know all about weed. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm like, no. And so then everybody gets to be disappointed. They get to be disappointed that I'm not the right kind of black. And I get to be disappointed that there is a right kind of black that these white people I'm hanging out with. Mm-hmm. And now I've got to find all new friends. <laughs> yeah. I've been getting you know, that a like, lot at work too, where like people yeah. assume because we're like a mixed race couple that we smoke weed or that we yeah. smoke period. Yep. And I'm like, I have never smoked anything my entire life. Yep. You don't want a black and mild, Rachel? I know. Sure, I'm like, you while you play dice in the alley. Yeah. Like, obviously. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go do some hopscotch with my friends. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, don't I don't know. know. And I don't, I don't know if it's like what it is, but I, I think there's like this like need to categorize people. Oh, yeah. And it's like, Definitely. it's, I, there's also like, because people aren't getting out of their house, I feel like they're getting worse. Like, yeah, they are getting worse. Like, profiles like that where they and it's like one again i don't it's not that i care that this lady smokes weed that's not the issue it's i care that she can post about it so openly and so comfortably whereas if someone else did and they were a person of color they would receive so much backlash and that's the thing that bothers me and it's just like i really feel like the fact that people have been cooped up more is they just have no filter like they think there's still like a screen to protect them yeah. Well, I think, too, that the last the last presidency helped people talk louder, mm-hmm. the more wrong they get. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, and, and I think that kind of approach is kind of what Kevin does to Dana. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he just kind of talks louder. Like he kind of just like gets more intense. Mm-hmm. He like doubles down on what he has to say. Like it's a it's a it's a dominance tactic. Right. And whenever you find yourself result resorting to that, like I feel like you know, a person who is used to being on the receiving end of that is going to go, hold on a second and back up. Right. But somebody who like is not used to receiving that is just going to double down to the point where like, I've seen people completely flip their argument because somebody disagreed with them. They didn't have a good backup Mm -hmm. and they were like, well, I'm just going to pivot. Right. I'm going to pivot so that I don't have to be, I don't have to be wrong. I don't apologize. There's like a lot of that these days. Right. Um, I saw somebody discussing how in Hawkeye, there's uh, some, 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 uh, washing away of of how Jewish Kate Bishop is, right? Like Haley Steinfeld, the actress is Jewish. Mm. Her character is Jewish. There's a mezuzah on her aunt's apartment mm-hmm. when she walks into it. There's a menorah in the background, but the whole thing is about Christmas, right? And there were a lot of Jewish people that were like, "Yo, like, what is this trash?" And like, I know a lot of my Jewish friends are like, "Hanukkah is the least important holiday to us. We don't really care." Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you have this like first openly Jewish, like obviously Jewish 
Marvel MCU character, mm-hmm. right? That should be something that we celebrate. That should be something that's amazing that you can feel pride in. Mm-hmm. And I have Black Panther. So I don't know what it's like to be like, oh, damn, all of the, you know, the, the, there's like either no portrayal or negative portrayal of my people on screen, right? In the mm-hmm. Marvel universe. Like, I've got a lot of good examples, which I feel very happy about. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I really care that, you know, my friends that are Jewish that are looking for representation had to kind of fight to get that moment. Yeah. And so I, I looked it up. I was like, are other people saying something? And I found my way at an article and the comments were absolutely deplorable. Like, I have no problem, even if I don't agree. If somebody mm-hmm. is mad about something, like that one lady who <laughs> went viral, like, a decade ago for going to Bath and Body Works and having like a really bad time with like the returning a candle or something like that. Like people made like parody videos of it. I don't know if you you're it, but this lady posted like this viral rings like well, review kind of. of Bath and Body mm-hmm. Works that was hilarious. Right. And she wasn't trying to be funny. She was dead serious, but it ended up being hilarious because mm-hmm. people were just like, what is this lady's problem? Um, <laughs> so like when that happened, it was okay to laugh, but there are also people who like act like that all the time. Yeah. There are people who just live their whole lives like that. Like, I'm sure that lady hasn't changed. She has no reason to. People are laughing at it. And I think the more that that happens and the more that they saw, like, Donald Trump behaving that way Mm -hmm. and acting out and acting a fool, getting crazy. I mean, like, you can't walk into a Black-owned store where a Black person is behind the counter. It's obvious that it's their shop. And then say that you want to speak to a manager because it's impossible for a Black person to own a business. Like, you can't say that and then just be like, nothing's going to happen to me. You know what happened? Like, these people that get surprised when they get, like, videotaped being racist. Yeah. It's like... You know what happened to me yesterday? (laughs) I just thought about this, too, while we're Mm -hmm. talking about this. I wore a beanie yesterday. Okay. And someone said to me... I know, I'm a big beanie person. Mm -hmm. Someone said to me, and I can't even remember who said it because I started drinking. And so... Someone said to me yesterday response. that I looked like I should be part of the in- insurrection with my beanie on because I was wearing all black and a beanie. I don't like that. I know. And I'm like, I know it's because I'm white. Like, obviously. So, but it's like, I, 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 didn't know what to, I didn't know what to do. And so I just, someone said that and I just drank more. And I don't remember who said it because I had already started drinking. People can't see me, but I have a really big frown on my face. I know. I'm not pleased. I just, I didn't know what to do with that. This is what I'm saying, man. Like people are getting too comfortable. Shit's getting out of control. I know. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta put the cat back in the box. I know. We gotta rewind a few years, be a little more polite. Like I am over it. Like you know that things are are grim when people are talking about like my body, my choice, and it's not abortion. It's actually just a vaccine. Yeah. And you have to get vaccines to be able to go to a public school, like normally. Yeah. Just not a COVID vaccine. And now they're like, well, you can't mandate that everybody has to get a vaccine. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure I can't go to college without an MMR shot, right? Right. Right. I can't stay in a door without a meningitis shot, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, like the concept of rules. Like, I feel like we've worked so hard to get rules in place that are at least mostly agreeable and i feel like rules are something now that people are just like throw them in the garbage i know there should be no rules but there's always going to be rules for people of color and people that are lgbtqia people that are even slightly different from the norm there's always going to be rules for you no matter what (laughs) because the people in charge don't want rules for themselves you know that's really what it's about like someone said oh you know um i had posted about you know um uh, Kyle Rittenhouse 
getting acquitted, right, for shooting people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so what happens if I go out there and I shoot somebody because I feel scared? In Florida, we have a stand your ground rule. Mm -hmm. So technically, if I feel threatened and terrified by someone and terrorized, I can shoot them and quote unquote, nothing should happen to me. Yeah. Is that real for me? I don't think so. I certainly don't want to test it, but there are plenty of white people that feel perfectly fine testing it and have tested it and have not gone to jail. So you know what I mean? Like it's like this double standard that people don't want to see because the second that you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. And it changes how you have to kind of live your life or it makes you a callous person. Like you have to sign on to be someone who genuinely and actively does not care about how your actions affect other people. And to me, like that's, I feel like it's very hard to come back from that. I know. And it's like the thing too, I feel like everyone's really comfortable, like letting those um, intrusive thoughts just come out of their mouths. Yeah. I just, they don't even, they don't even take a minute. I know. I'm like, you like, it's one thing to think it. It's very different to act on it and say it like, yep. What? I mean, you have no idea how many people have said really bonkers racist stuff or homophobic stuff on Facebook and then are surprised when I unfriend them. Yeah. Or they're surprised when I don't agree and I write, hey, so this person was my friend. Clearly they are not my friend or they wouldn't be posting this crazy bananas nonsense, but this is how I feel. And they're like, how dare you? You know what I mean? They get like outraged that I don't agree with their racism. I have so (laughs) many people blocked. Sometimes like once a year, I'll look at my block list. And I'll be like, I decide if they stay on the block list or not. Yeah. And I literally had someone where um, I had them during the election, I had them muted. And then it was like, I'll just take a time out. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, maybe once this is all over, it'll be Benefit fine. Benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yep. You don't want to like turn people off because maybe they don't know any better. Maybe that's their bubble. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And immediately I decided they got on a long term uh i like they're not blocked but they are successfully muted so i don't see anything they post ever so uh rufus went and brought his kids home uh and we find out dana had only been gone for four months Mm -hmm. so dana tries to talk to rufus into freeing everyone in his will and he's like if i did i would literally never tell you because you would just kill me (laughs) and like like that's like the funniest bit of like banter yeah. that I've ever heard between them because it's like not banter at all and it's extra deadly serious. Yeah. But he's like, ha ha ha, you would kill me. And she's like, oh. you know, I hadn't even thought of yeah, that. But yeah. But now that you say it, it does sound reasonable. Yeah. She's like, hmm. <laughs> I was saying that out of a genuine care for the well being of the people on this plantation. But now I see that that actually would help everybody if I killed you. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, the funny thing is too, is like Dana wrote a lot of his letters. She could have written everyone free in a will. Had there been any time to plan this? I think over time she could have, but like later when he does free his children and she goes with him into town. Yeah. There's a, there is a process. There's a notary that he has to go and see. So that's like the one, that's the one caveat, I think. Like, I agree that she probably could have forged free papers, Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't have been on file with the government. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's like the one thing. And to me, I don't know, honestly, what's worse. Is it worse to have forged free papers and be found out? Or is it like worse to just like try to escape Mm -hmm. and hope to not get caught? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, like which 
carried the harsher punishment because I feel like if you just like run and they catch you, that's going to be pretty bad. Mm -hmm. But if they run, they catch you, you say, oh no, I have free papers. They check and you don't have free papers. To me, that would carry a more severe sentence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like worse would happen to you. Like your fingers get cut off or something like that, which like was definitely a tactic. Yeah. They would only do like the tips so that you could still like work, but you couldn't write, like you couldn't do certain things. Mm -hmm. Like they would maim you instead of actually harming you because then you wouldn't be able to be an asset anymore. Yeah. Which like taking pieces of people's bodies like how that one guy's ears got cut off like that's some fucking that's like some like there are actual horror movies like hostile that are about that yeah about people just slowly amputating you but leaving you alive like th there are horror movies mm -hmm. about that happening to young white co-eds in czechoslovakia somewhere mm -hmm. and like we don't think it was a big deal that it happened to men women and children yeah millions of them Literally. Like I'm 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 pretty sure that if we really thought about it, if we really just stopped to take time and be like, okay, but like what's the what what actually happened? Like what's the fallout? Like what are people dealing with now? How mm -hmm. far away are we? How far removed are we from this? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel like this book is very much a study on on how that kind of is, is able to be quantified, mm -hmm. right? To think about how people understood their lives because again even for rufus he's not some gentry he's not some fancy nobleman he's not high society like he's got a bullshit house on some bullshit land mm -hmm. and the only thing he has are these people like it's all about status and a lack of caring about anybody other than yourself and the opinions of people that you look up to and respect mm -hmm. like that's literally it that's mm -hmm. all that is keeping these people enslaved like that's so sad to me yeah yeah then we also get the oh sorry no it's okay i was gonna say like he tells her that he's like had nightmares yeah. about her and i'm like shut up i know i'm like i don't care and he's like i'm worried you're shut gonna leave up, me dude oh my god and then i have nightmares that you're gonna leave me don't leave me baby don't leave yeah. me i'm like ew i know i'm disgusted smarten up like, he wants to be, like, this big, tough bitch, but then at the same time, he's, like, fucking, like, me, mama, don't leave me. I know. You're, like, sort of my mom, but also my biggest crush at the same time, I know. Like, don't leave me. Oh. Freud sleeping Listen. soundly in his grave. Listen. No. Yeah. No. No. All right, everybody, we have to pause there because we're going to get into the tasty tidbits next week and there's no way I can cut it down. So we got to do it. Okay, we're just going to pause here. Next week, we are going to continue on with Kindred and that will be the last episode of Kindred next week. So make sure you tune in for that. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very excited. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot to talk about and I know you guys are going to love it. But thank you all so much for listening. If you want some more Barely Bookish content, please consider joining the Patreon. Every single month I release an exclusive Patreon episode, plus you get the episodes two days early. So if you simply cannot wait to hear me and Candace talk about this next round, you can join the Patreon for as low as $1 a month. Um, that $1, everything's donation-based, so the $1 a month tier does get you the same benefits as, you know, like the $5 a month tier. So it's whatever you feel can 
like contributing and I appreciate it no matter what you do. But yeah, very, very excited. Um, please join in because, oh boy, are we going to have a lot to say next week. If you want to find me, I'm at Barely Bookish on literally everything. Um, yeah. All right. You guys have a great week and I'll see you in the same place, same time next Wednesday. Our logo was designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song was by Raphael Crux on freepd.com and I'll catch y'all later. Bye.